If you're an avid outdoor enthusiast like me, then odds are good you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Aluma Trailers, well, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for nearly any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say Aluma trailers tow like a dream. They are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. For everything that gets you outdoors, Aluma Trailers will help you get there. So it's a funny thing, right? Winter is supposed to be long gone, and we're supposed to be looking at spring flowers. And here I sit with hands, paws that are just um, still stiff to the core. That's what a trip to Montana will do to a fisherman. Hey, everybody. Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And uh, today we've got a doozy for you. You know, so many people know us for our television legacy, Minnesota Bound, but we do all these other great programs, right? And last week, um, we found ourselves out in Helena, Montana, the capital city, and uh, was lucky enough to document three stories while out there. Uh, one of them, we fished the Missouri River on Thursday. And of course, you think spring weather after a full winter of ice fishing here in Minnesota and winter camping off the grid, no problem. My hands got so cold on that bleeping river, um, I felt like I was going to barf. Like, who does that happen to? Except us when we travel someplace with a camera. So that might have been the toughest part of the trip, but really our favorites were the two other stories we captured while we were in town. Um, one was on the history and the building of what's called a Western drift boat, an adipose drift boat. Um, had such a great time over there. And then our second stop was across town, which it's a funny thing in Helena, everything is 10 minutes away. The mountains, the lake, excuse me, the reservoir, the river, right? The best cafe. Everything's 10 minutes away. And across town from Adipose, a place called Trestle, owned by John Smiggy. John, how the heck are you? Bill, I'm doing great. You know, it's a funny thing. When we uh, got to Thursday, uh, the fishing day of the trip, you said, Oh, hey guys, you know, I've got some work to take care of. Um, so I'm not going to be fishing with you today. Now I realize how smart you really are. <laughs> yes, it's <was> a cold one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cold one. It was, you live and you work in Helena, which is this cool sort of, I'm going to call it a mountain town, right? It's tucked into the valley. It snowed for three days or four days while we were there. And there was zero accumulation in the town of Helena. It was bizarre. 
right? But you drive five minutes outside of town into this little nook or cranny in the mountains, and there's two feet of snow. Normally, you guys would be warm in April, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, April can be, it can be a weird one. You know, I've definitely, I was just talking to my dad and he said he remembers growing up, seems like very frequently the pass would close on Easter. So it can definitely be hit or miss. And I guess in that regard, it was miss. (laughs) It was amazing to see, you know, we are uh, just a few days after Easter here with the recording of this show. Uh, Beautiful in the mountains, beautiful in town, the state capital. But really our mission for this trip was to come and document this little dream that you've put together. Um, Trestle, which is a, I don't know what, biking and fishing and apparel company. Uh, how, do you, how do you describe Trestle? You know, I, you did pretty good. I, I generally say we're a, a carry product company. You know, we, uh, we do have a great apparel line and we love producing, um, you know, custom pieces, but primarily we are focused on products to carry gear, uh, specifically in the fly fishing and mountain biking space. So I got to know Trestle because Santa Claus, of all people, delivered the Shirk Boys two of your shirts and and by apparel you guys design these really cool funky fun bits of clothing you know brady brady gets the shirt of a cowboy squaring off against a northern pike at the center of town at high noon you know and um the cowboy's got a fly rod like it's awesome it's fun (laughs) yeah we uh we definitely have a really good time with it. You know, we, we are lucky to partner with some talented artists and, uh, kind of throw them some wacky ideas and they really seem to always hit the mark and come out with some great pieces on our tees and sun hoodies and things. So uh, I'm glad to hear that, uh, the boys enjoyed it. So we'll get kind of the crux of trestle and what you guys build your bike rack systems, your rod storage systems, but, um, I'm intrigued by your story. First off, you grew up in Helena. What are, what are you doing as a kid in that town? Well, you know, I, I actually, uh, I was born and spent uh, most of my time in Helena, but I actually lived all over the U.S. Uh, growing up. I spent uh, summers here and, you know, I spent every other holiday here with my parents uh, separating when I was pretty young. So I actually lived in I think I moved 35 or 36 times oh before goodness. I got married. So I lived from DC to Virginia beach to Washington state and kind of all over the place. But, um, to answer your question, pretty much playing outside, you know, whether it's shed hunting or fly fishing or rafting, that's pretty much what you do here. That is pretty telling, right? You went all over the place and, even with all those adventures all over the country, you end up in Helena. That tells you something about that town. Maybe. Otherwise, otherwise you found somebody in that town who you really like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's a very special place, uh, especially to me. You know, I've, my family has been here six generations in the Helena Valley and, um, came here and sort of were one of the founding, uh, ranchers and, 
um, sort of definitely just look at it as home. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get back. It took me a lot longer than I wanted, but I actually brought the person I liked a lot with me back. So good for you. So where did you, did you go to college? I did. Yeah. I went to, uh, I went, I got my undergraduate in engineering as well as a master's degree in uh, mechanical engineering. Uh, both, both of those I did in Washington state. And when our friends at Adipose first told me about you, all they talked about was the fact that this guy has this knack for like CAD drawings and loves design and engineering and big compute computer monitors that's what you studied and that's what you became after college. So an engineer by trade. Yep. Yep. So I, I got out of school and I jumped right into, I, I got uh, hired at a research facility. Uh, we were designing uh, electron microscope components uh, for the government and researching the, uh, the premise of those devices. And then ended up going from there to a few other jobs, but ultimately landing uh, designing locomotives trains yep how do you get that job um well i worked with uh an engineer at the research facility and years later when i was looking for the next thing uh, he was a design engineer at the locomotive firm and that's sort of my foot in the door and how i found out about it and fast forward to now he's my business partner hmm so when you guys were doing this engineering on locomotives and no, not that kind of engineer, but the design kind, was that in Montana or was that someplace else? So that was actually in a small town called Rainier in Washington state, yeah. uh, Western Washington. Got it. So at this point, Montana's to a point off your radar. Yeah. Montana was a dream that I wanted to try to, get back to one day at that time and here you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i made it back in montana so um you leave locomotives behind um not necessarily by choice right COVID hit and things change uh, yeah not exactly actually we um it was pre-covid by quite a bit we um Myself and my business partner, whose name's Morgan, uh, we came to work one day and the building was chained shut, quite literally, wow. out of nowhere. It was, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday, if I remember right. And uh, everybody was standing outside, all the welders and you know fabricators and everything. And uh, the gentleman who had purchased that company and was running it had taken everyone's payroll and fled the country. Holy cow. That's yeah. drastic. So, yeah. So we just were out of work quite literally. And so we were looking for other employment. I considered working for a small company in another place in Washington that was designing amphibious watercraft. And I thought that'd be pretty interesting. And really at the last second, Morgan and myself formed a, our, our own engineering firm where we did product design for outdoor companies as well as, uh, medical device engineering but you both had this outdoor thing in the back of your minds he's a biker yeah, you're absolutely. a fly angler yes 
So how did you guys connect the dots? Was it just one day you were sitting around having a cup of coffee and you said, let's jump, or did something else happen? Well, we, we started the firm and, and we thought to ourselves, okay, we're going to pick up these locomotive contracts that are you know gone. I was designing a, a train that goes up to the Machu Picchu ruins uh, for Peru Rail, and Morgan was working on another large project. And we thought, okay, well, maybe we can start this firm and, you know, pick up those contracts and maybe we can get some, some contracts from the research facility from people we know there. And that's sort of the medical device side. And and we thought, uh, let's do that, you know, and we started doing it. And after jumping into our own business for the first time, realized how difficult it was and, uh, kind of through some friends in the outdoor space, Morgan's a big downhill racer, mountain biker. And, and like you said, I come from the fly fishing side and, just through some connections and friends, we ended up getting some outdoor brands that came to us and approached us for design work and engineering work. And very quickly, I found out that that's all I wanted to do. Because it's just easy or fun or just kind of part of who you've always been? Um, I think it's just part of who I've always been. You know, I, I actually joked never told this story, but I, I used to joke with uh, my boss at the research facility I worked at because we would get publications and, you know, scientific journals like Nature or things like that. And everyone would really make a big deal about getting published. And, um, you know, it was a pretty stressful time. And there was a lot of um, politics and whose name would go where by the patent and all these things. And I just never cared. You know, I, I thought... I just don't really care if I'm in that or not. And I remember telling my boss, you know, at the time I was whitewater kayaking quite a bit. And I said, you know what I'd care about is if I worked a little bit on this playboat and I got to see that kayak in a magazine and like outdoor life or something, that'd be pretty cool. Interesting. So this was bubbling inside you. I like it. I like it. All right. I want to get to kind of, why we visited you guys and what you're working on. Cause it's intriguing to me, but first we need to pay a few bills. Uh, Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. You're listening to the Minnesota bound podcast brought to you by a couple of really great sponsors of ours. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. You know, today is a day for adventure and cub has all the Nabisco snacks. You need to make sure that adventure is delicious from start to finish. Life is just sweeter when you share Oreo cookies on the trail. Also, when you crunch Ritz crackers at the campsite or rock the boat with rich cheese crispers. Stop a cub on the way to your adventure. The great outdoors is calling. Be sure you bring the snacks. Hewitt Docks, Lifts, and Pond Two Legs began in a small south-central Minnesota town with a mission to make dock install and removal easier by inventing the roller dock. Well, now the company has evolved to provide everything you might need to improve your lake time. In addition to the classic roller dock or the new ultra dock system, Hewitt offers all-terrain staircases, gangways, canopies, and lifts, along with any accessory you might need. Celebrate 50 years of business with us. Go to HewittRad.com to enter for a chance to win a free dock and monthly prizes. Hewitt Docks, lifts, and pontoon legs. Work hard, play harder. You deserve a Hewitt. 
Back to the story here. John Smiggy is my guest today. Um, John and I were together last week in Helena, Montana. John is half proprietor of a small outdoor company that seems to be growing pretty quickly called Trestle. Um, a curious name, don't you think, John? It is, yeah. Had a little fun <laughs> with your previous life as a... Uh, engineered designing locomotives and you guys set off you and your business partner Morgan set off on this adventure and we show up your place what last Wednesday uh, after lunch and you guys have the coolest hippest little facility sitting uh, just on the edge of Helena talk about trestle well I appreciate the compliment first of all um, and yeah so trestle we we design, engineer, manufacture outdoor gear that that uh, carries uh, carries gear. So, uh, fly fishing and mountain biking is what we're passionate about. And you know, our our biggest product right now is our fly rod carrier called the CRC system that's uh, rooftop mounted and telescopes down to a carry mode. So something you can bring with you on a plane or put in the trunk of your car, but also mount to the top of your vehicle and carry two rigged rods with you. So you're just ready to fish at any time. And we are currently um, launching our Jerion universal bike packing system, uh, which is something that we've been working on since the start of the company about five years ago. And uh, that is launching this month. So that is a big scene that is unfolding, right? First chapter was kind of like, mountain bikes, then fat tire bikes. Now you're hearing about people who are, you know, taking their fat tire bike and they are packing gear to go hunt or literally to throw a fly rod on a bike and ride, you know, 10 miles off the grid to water that never gets fished. Is, is that what the system is for? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it is designed to carry uh, 30 plus pounds of gear and do it on any bike, whether it's like you said, the fat tire bike or an e-bike or even a downhill bike, um, creates a universal mounting system that, um, extends over the front and rear tire and, uh, loads the suspension of your bike properly and has a, like I said, a universal system. So you don't have to buy something specific to your bike. If you upgrade your bike or things like that, you're going to be all set still. It'll it'll adapt to that. And that's totally the idea. You know, we have a bow and a rifle mount for the front of the bike that allows you to safely carry hunting equipment like that, uh, deep into the back country, as well as camping gear. And like you said, a fly rod, which is how I primarily use it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we are extremely excited about it and it's already definitely making some waves in the outdoor space. It is that, uh, that whole thing is just unfolding. It's fine because I was online this morning looking at some wild Turkey Federation stuff. And, you know, one of the first pictures you now see is a guy in camo on a mountain bike with a bow, obviously headed off to Turkey hunt. So I don't know. I, my trek <laughs> is in such sad <laughs> disrepair. I'd be afraid to get too far back into the woods. I'd have to hike myself out. <laughs> uh, but, but we are actually for Minnesota Bound, our regional story here in Minnesota, um, getting ready to shoot us 
a piece up on the North Shore where these fat tire bikers are now um, packing and going back to fish water that most folks never get to. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that out there. We just haven't explored it. And frankly, on a bike, in some ways, it's easier to get to some of those spots. You can just cover a little more territory. Um, the other part of what you guys are doing is this rod system, which in my book is another part of the world that is expanding, the outdoor industry. You know, here in the Midwest, you're obviously out West. Here in the Midwest, we're seeing so many more rod tubes on the top of trucks primarily conventional anglers, right? With these, pardon my French, big ass tubes with their stuff and their spinning rods and, and bait casters into, you know, cause the bass boat only holds 28 rods and they need 40 to be able to go fishing. But out West, kind of the conventional fly rod tube, it's almost like a status symbol on a truck, isn't it? It seems to be in some in some regards. Um, it's definitely grown in popularity over the last, I don't know, decade almost. It seems um, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely something. There's a lot of function behind it, but I also think there is a bit of status there as well. There is. There's a ton of function, right? Because in the old days, we used to throw our rods onto the hood of the the car, the truck. If you're lucky enough to have a truck, and you'd lean the rod back over the top, and we'd take bungee cords and stretch them across. Yeah, it worked, but you joked about going more than like 15 miles an hour because you didn't want a rock flicking up and dinging your, you know, $400 fly rod. So now you guys have this system that protects the rods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, machined and extruded aluminum on the body of it. So your rods are, you know, very safe to be left on top of your vehicle for as long as you'd like to. And, uh, you know, like you were saying, you're, you're able to leave it rigged up. And, you know, if you spent much time fly fishing, it can get pretty crazy what you tie in on the end of the, of your leader. So sometimes it's nice to not have to redo that at each stop, you know, especially if you're hopping from, you know, along a dirt road alongside the, the water and you want to, you know, fish, let's say 10, 12 spots that day, you know, so you're jumping in the car and driving up another half mile or something. Uh, it is nice to not constantly have to break them down and not worry about them getting uh, broken if you're throwing them in the back of the truck or something. And my buddies at Temple Fork Outfitters, they're probably going to punch me in the gut next time they see me because I'm going to give away the secret here. Um, the vast majority, like 97% of fly rods that are broken. Any guesses, Brandon Engineer, John, any guesses on how those rods are broken? I'm going to guess in the vehicle. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> it doesn't matter what story the angler tells. Like the rod companies all know it's windows, doors, and feet. <laughs> like That's what happens. And, and I'm guilty of it, right? You know, even if you have whatever, a Suburban, you throw those things in the back and the tips go all the way to the front of the truck and they always get pinched up by the rear view mirror or, you know, or if it's a pickup, which I'm also guilty of, you throw it in the back and it's a six and a half truck and you bend the rod tip because it all fits and you got no problem here. And then your kid throws a backpack in, right? So, so these rod carriers completely 
eliminate that threat <laughs> to the gear. Um, and, and I laugh because last week in Helena, they were just all over the place. It's not like we saw six or 10. I mean, they're everywhere. They're in the bar parking lot. They're at the grocery store, right? They're at Adipo. They're just everywhere. When you go to a boat launch uh, along the Missouri River, and literally every vehicle has one or two. So it's kind of like a way of life, right? Yeah, especially in areas like this and, you know, mountain and kind of trout center locations. I mean, everybody's doing it. And so if you can find a way to, to get on the water a little quicker, I think that a lot of them, a lot of the people you're describing are guides and they want to have rods ready to go for their clients and they don't want to show up at dark and not get on the water till halfway through the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And here in the Midwest, we've got this driftless region, right? Southeastern Minnesota, Southwestern Wisconsin, Northern Iowa, Illinois, 14,000 miles of trout water and most of it off dirt roads. And so you see a lot of the holders down there too. So it's just kind of a funny thing. You know, it, when we originally set out to go to Montana, we weren't thinking trestle, but that to a point is the entire point of my job, our television storytelling. It's about meeting people and sharing stories. And now you and I have connected. I'm all smitten now about trestle and the gear and the cool t-shirts and all that. And it's just kind of a small world in that regard, right? Yeah, we had a, we had a great time having you out. So it was um, definitely a mutual experience. It's always nice to have somebody new that hasn't been here before, you know, get to experience it. Although you got to experience a pretty cold version of it, but uh, it's always nice. And, you know, like you kind of mentioned, we're sort of tucked away on the far side of town. So uh, definitely really enjoyed having you guys come out and check out the facility and get to get to meet you. All right. So everyone's going to get to see your story in television form on Made for the Outdoors. Uh, that'll be coming up summer of 2022. Um, Got to thank a few sponsors, but then I have one last story about Montana, which feels like it sums up our experience there. And it was a darn good one. You are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, stories behind the stories. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Let's pay a few bills. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. The Shara family enjoys spending a lot of time outside. Hence, we care what goes into our environment. That's why we support propane, the energy for everyone. Did you know that propane produces fewer greenhouse gas emissions than electricity generated on the U.S. grid? Propane's emissions are 43% fewer. 
That's a lot. Propane is clean, dependable, and affordable. Plus, it's produced right here in the USA. Let's all do our part to reduce emissions from our homes, cabins, and businesses by choosing propane, the right energy right now. To learn more about propane, the energy for everyone, go to propane.com. All right, my guest today, John Smiggy of Trestle, really cool outdoor company based in Helena, Montana. So, uh, you stayed at work on that last afternoon. You were grinding, kind of holding the fort down. And we ended up in this little burb outside of Helena called York. John, have you ever been to York, Montana? Oh, yeah. Many times. What a spot. So we go out there because we heard they've got about the best cheeseburgers around. We had come off the Missouri River after trout fishing uh, on one of the coldest days of my life. We get to York. It's almost like the road ends in the mountains at the town of York. And there's something called the York bar. And it represents every dang thing that is right in this world. Little corner bar just tucked into this, you know, tight little Valley between the mountains. We go in, the bartender screams whiskey at us instantly um there's a gal by the front door that hands us bingo sheets because they're playing country music bingo we order some hamburgers we order onion rings sit down and everyone kept thanking us for showing up like appreciate you coming out see our spot they didn't know who we were right like we didn't have television we just showed up for some dinner but it was so much fun being around happy, pleasant people. I, it, is all of Montana that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you definitely described it extremely well, something that I've tried to put into words many times. Um, and, you know, I, I think mo most of it is still. You know, it's, um, it's a pretty special place, and I, I think, you know, as you've described, having people that are happy, happy to see you and just happy to be where they are uh, is unfortunately rare and seems to be not as rare here in Montana. Well, it was the world's a weird place right now, right? Like everything seems polarizing. Um, even when we flew home, the whole mask on the airplane thing was under the craw of a few people. But like that bar old black and white photos of Montana and the rivers and the mountains and dollar bills, you know, stapled to the walls and the ceiling and people were just happy. It, it, it It's weird to say this, but it was a weird experience. Like it was just wonderful and the food was great. And, uh, it was just a fun, fun way to cap off a great trip with, uh, Trestle and Adipose Boatworks. So, John, what's next for you guys? Well, we are excited to be expanding operations here in Helena. We're going to start a little bit more production here in house, and uh, we are adding to our waterproof case lines as well as our uh, bike packing lines pretty rapidly over the next two and three years. Awesome. So, Big things ahead. Will you be designing any locomotives anytime soon? 
<laughs> I don't I don't plan on it. No, however, I guess one small piece of information, every single one of our products names um except for our apparel, but every one of our products names is a old rail line and we plan to continue that. Love it. That's awesome. Well, John, thanks for visiting. Um continued success to you guys and uh when you get here to Minnesota, you know you've always got a seat in my boat, right? I, I'm happy to hear it. I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> Just don't come when it's cold. Your hands will get cold. <laughs> I owe you one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening today to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. You can check out Trestle online. By the way, it is spelled T-R-X-S-T-L-E, kind of fun part of the company. Uh, check them out online website and they're all over social media as well um hey thanks for listening to the minnesota bound podcast today you know we have a pile of great sponsors who help us uh, get these episodes to you each week of course Starbank, hewitt docks kinetico aluma trailers the minnesota propane association and oreo and ritz I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Until next week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm-hmm.